Hey, it's James. So glad you could be uh, with us. Uh, very excited about this. We're going to be talking about grace. We're going to be looking in 2 Timothy and into Titus, maybe into Philemon. Of course, there's only one reference in Philemon. Uh, but I want to cover these verses. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff to, to cover. Uh, I will share a bit of personal good news. Um, right after I got off work, I was talking with somebody, and um, they were asking me about prayer. And it was an interesting conversation because they said that they had prayed with somebody a few days ago, and they hadn't done that in a long time. And I said, oh, okay. And he's like, well, I didn't feel anything. And that kind of struck me as odd. It's like, the, he's like, you know, I prayed and I didn't feel anything. And I said, well, what, what does feelings have to do with prayer? And he thought, well, I thought if I prayed, I would feel something. And it's like, well, we, we walk by faith, not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And he, he just started giving me clues that, he never actually got saved. So I started asking about, you know, what, what was his experience like? And he said, well, I got baptized a couple of years ago. And it's like, did you ever, like, repent of your sins and turn your life over to God? And he said, no. And I said, well, can I show you how? And he said, yes. And so I walked him through the Romans Road. And um, if you're not familiar with it, you know, Romans 3, uh, verse 10 says that there's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says that the, for all of sin to fall short of the glory of God. And then, of course, the bad news is Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. And I just say, this, is, this means eternal separation from God. And anybody who... Uh, leaves this earth without um, salvation by faith, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ is going to spend eternity in hell. And so then I shared with him Romans 5.8 says why we're still sinners Christ died for us. And of course you know Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ that you, you know that Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. It's been a long day, I'm really tired. Um, Romans 10.9 says, um, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Of course it says, Romans 10.13, Forever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I led him in a prayer where he repented of his sin and he turned his life over to Jesus. And so, I don't know what, it's, what it is, I don't know what's going on. I, I give glory to God for it, whatever it is. But uh, several people, since I've moved to Texas, I've just run in. God has put these people in my path, and I've been able to talk with them. And, and you know, have you repented of your sins? Have you asked Jesus to be, you know, literally Jesus take the wheel? And. Uh, a lot of times they say no, and so I walk them through the Romans road, and they accept Christ. They, re they have to repent of their sins, of course. So, 
Today's been a really good day. Um, would ask for your prayers. Um, I don't want to go into gross details, but um, I do have colitis. Something I have to deal with on a regular basis. There's certain foods I can't have. And I'm 80% certain that I asked somebody to make me a sandwich the other day and I said no onions and somehow some onions got in there anyway I'm having a little bit of intestinal problems so um, would ask for your prayers for that because I obviously don't want to deal with that right now <laughs> but moving on let's go to second Timothy in our Bible. Now you know the first reference in Second Timothy for, about grace is um, his opening comments. Second um, Timothy one two says to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. The great thing about the pastoral letters. First and Second Timothy and Titus is these are people that Paul was pouring into and raising them up as leaders. Um, that's what good Christian churches do: is you you teach people and you share what you know with others because you want to raise them up as leaders. You, you never want to create a situation where somebody, or even worse, an entire congregation is completely um, dependent upon one person. Uh, you want to raise up leaders. Uh, ultimately, a growing church needs to have elders. Uh, the model for church leadership is to have elders and deacons. Um, it's interesting, I'm, I'm going through um, a church history book. And initially that's what, if there was a bishop of a church, he was the one amongst equals at the beginning. Only later on did it grow into what the Catholic Church became, where you had bishops who were over other bishops and then they, they were called the archbishop and then of course ultimately by 5th 6th century church in Rome has established itself over the others that's not the way it's supposed to be it's, there's supposed to be elders and deacons at every local church and those people, those leaders, are supposed to be built, raising up others and pouring into them. Alright. Um, verse 9. Actually, let's read verse 8 with it. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, 
but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. In verse 10 it says, It's now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. So, like I said, it's been a long day. The point I want to make here is this is a very similar language to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You know, most people know verse 8 and 9, which says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But verse 10 tells us that God has prepared things for us to do. So we just didn't get saved. So we could float around. Say, oh, look, I got this get, I got my get out of hell free card, and everything's wonderful. But His own purpose. God has a purpose for each one of us. Usually, I can figure it out by looking at your gifts, talents, and abilities. What your purpose is. Of course, the easiest way to figure out what your purpose is is to volunteer at your local church. Um, you know, for me, uh, I'm not really good with little children. Um, I'm just not. Uh, I survived parenting. Now, could I work with teenagers? Yes, I can. I actually enjoyed being a substitute teacher when I was in seminary and would prefer to be at the junior high and the middle school and the high school as opposed to the elementary schools. I liked the fact that they asked questions. I liked their inquisitive nature and I didn't have a problem with answering questions although there was one time when I got pretty um, I was pretty fired up one day um, I was subbing for a history class they were covering European history and I thought it was absolutely perfect that I was there and they were covering the Protestant Reformation. It's like, oh, great. You know, I'm not only a Calvinist, but I have read Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion. I'm not trying to brag, it's just, it's a very long book, it's over a thousand pages. Um, so I understand Calvin's impact on American history, the Protestant work ethic. That all comes from John Calvin. And so I'm reading, I'm looking over this this chapter, and, and yes, the author of the book, of the textbook, was absolutely right when he said that the printing press had a lot to do with the Protestant Reformation. Because 
once the Bible was translated into German, English, French, you know, and people had copies of the Bible in their hands, it was pretty obvious that um, some of the things that the Catholic Church was doing by then was wrong. Well, I'll give them credit. I mean, Vatican II fixed a lot of things. Um, not enough, but they fixed a lot of things. So I'm looking through this chapter, and you have a chapter on the Protestant Reformation. Now, to me it's a huge red flag if you don't mention Eric Zwingli. But even amongst Reformed thinkers, I have to remind them that there's Calvin, Luther, and Zwingli. You can't forget Zwingli. Well, this book not only didn't mention Zwingli, it didn't mention John Calvin at all. It mentioned Martin Luther in like two paragraphs. And I... I didn't come unglued, but I was... I was I was a little irritated. Probably on a scale of 1 to 10, probably about a 5. So I stopped everybody. I said, stop. Everybody look up here. And I gave a 10-minute, very brief lecture about who John Calvin was. Lo and behold, one of the students had to complain to the principal, oh, Mr. White's crazy. Like, I looked at him and I said, Sir, you know I have a master's degree, master's of divinity. How can you have a textbook that talks about the Reformation and doesn't even talk about John Calvin? He's like, well, I don't know. I just, history's not my thing. But, but you know that's kind of a glaring omission, right? <laughs> he said yes. But anyway, the point is... Um, Paul was pouring into these Timothy, Titus for a reason. For me, my gifting is teaching. That's why I love to do the podcast. That's why I love to do videos on YouTube. I teach a Bible study where I work. Um, I also teach other things. Um, now, granted, uh, I refer to it as the basic needs class, but I'm talking about hope, love, joy, and peace. I'm talking about Christian concepts. Biblical concepts. But I'm not quoting chapter and verse. That way I can stay true to myself and still minister to people of other faiths. But whatever your holy calling is, you'll know based upon your gifts, talents, and abilities. <gasps> Excuse me. Abilities. I would encourage you to read Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, look at the different things, you know, some people 
You know, they're gifted to pray for others. Uh, but if they had to get in front of a church or in front of a classroom and, and talk, they would be absolutely petrified. I, on the other hand, um, don't have that problem. So, anyway. Now, let's go to chapter 2 in Second Timothy. This is huge. It says... Oh, my bad. I'm using my Kindle... I realized I was not... Okay, there we go. Now I'm in the ESV. So let's go to 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, which says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read verse 2 just because it applies to what I talked about earlier. It says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men will be able to teach others also. So once again, we're talking about, you know, we are trained up in the faith, and then we share what we've learned with others, because we want to build them up. But it says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So, grace is more than just taking part in the justification part. You know, yes, you're saved by grace through faith, but you walk it out. You live it out by grace. There are times when I have to pray and I have to say, God, I don't feel loving today. I don't feel kind. I don't want to be kind right now. But I pray that you will fill me with your love and grace and kindness. And that's what I need to get me through the day. Um, that's why I tell people all the time, I'm not perfect. I am flawed. I make mistakes. You have to trust in Jesus. Because he is, as it says in Hebrews, he is the author and perfecter of your faith. <sighs> Alright, and then... 2 Timothy 4.22 is a closing comment at the end of the... Although it's interesting... Um, what he says, he says, The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. If I had time to look that up more in depth, I'd probably... It's just an interesting way to close the, the letter. Let's get to Titus. Titus one four is an is an opening comment, but there's something very interesting about the way he says it. He says to Titus, my true child, in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The common faith. Yes, Paul is more knowledgeable about the faith than Titus is. Paul is teaching Titus, but ultimately it's the common faith. It's what brings them together. Um, I mean, here I'll be 50 next year, but whether you're 
brand new in the faith or you've been a, a Christian since you were 10 years old, we have a common faith. And that's what brings us together. Um, I really want to get to Titus 2.11. This is something I want to camp on. Um, probably could have talked about this for the entire 30 minutes, but I'm not going to. But I could. I mean, it's that good. Titus 2.11, I believe, is a really good answer to the whole debate in Romans 5 and Romans 6. Because sometimes when Paul wrote letters, he would... I mean, ultimately, the Holy Spirit was working through him, but he, he, on, a, on a human level, he had uh, people that were against what he was saying. He had critics. And some of those critics said of Paul that Paul was basically giving people a license to sin. That's why in Romans 6 he says, what, what shall we say? Shall we sin sin more so that grace can abound? And he says, by no means. This goes along those same lines. He says in... Excuse me. In verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, Verse 12, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So, there's a couple things I want to deal with. One, the word all. Most times when you see that word, you can look it up in the Strong's Concordance. I can think of many different examples where he's basically saying all kinds of people. It doesn't mean every single person that's ever lived on the face of the earth. Remember, even you know the early church had to be reminded that Christ came to save <sighs> all kinds of people both Jews and Gentiles um, I mean because if it meant if this word here meant every single person that's ever lived then this verse tells me that we're, that we're all saved and everybody's going to get saved and there's nobody going to hell we know that's not true There are several incidents, several examples in the Gospels where Jesus warned them that it would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that takes place in hell. 
So, but clearly he, he's not talking about every person that's ever lived. Um, in Revelation five, chapter 5, there's a, a verse that talks about how there are people there from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So you have people. I mean, John gets to see this glimpse of heaven. And he sees people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just think about that for a minute. To me, that's one of the most amazing things that there is. Now, like I said earlier, we just don't get salvation so we can get this nice get out of hell free card. Like earlier, if you look at verse 12, it says, Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. We get saved so that we are equipped to say no to certain things. We are not supposed to desire our neighbor's wife. Wrong answer. Not going to happen. We are saved so that um, we don't become a glutton and overeat. We are saved so that we are not trapped in lust and are not wasting money on porn. Even some rated R movies are pretty risque. And I would recommend staying away from them. Um, one of the things I'm not proud of and even my oldest daughter called me out on this. She was there with her friend that she's known for forever. Friends of the family. Good people. And then, so my oldest daughter was there with her best friend. And then my youngest daughter was with me. We weren't sitting together, the four of us. I mean, they sat in a separate area, but they knew we were there, and I knew they were there. And we went and saw the Friday the 13th reboot. And, um, and there was some cool things in it. Uh, it was They were trying to pay homage to the original movies, and so the, the scene with the Red Barn, uh, that was from Part 3, and um, it was just couple of the things where they did like the opening credits was the basically the scene where the last counselor beheads Jason Voorhees mom and of course the story goes that Jason saw this happen and then he's seeking revenge for for the people that killed his mom but that movie I shake my head even now that movie was basically soft porn 
And I am ashamed to admit that I went and saw it. Because that's not appropriate. Um, it was more than one sex scene in it. And it was a very... Uh, did not leave much to the imagination. And... Now, granted, it had the whole storyline where the, you know, the initial group that you see, um, one of the girls is kept alive because she looks like Jason's mom, and he, in his weird and twisted mind, must have thought that was his mom, and so he basically kidnaps her, locks her up, and and so later in the movie, her brother is there looking for her. So you have this noble brother going into the woods looking for this, for his sister. And um, anyway, it's not a w movie worth seeing, even though it has some good parts. But we are supposed to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. I'm telling you, if you compromise just a little bit, Satan will use that to try to get a foothold in your life. And that's not what we want. He doesn't belong in our thought life. He doesn't belong in how we talk to other people. We need to set a good example and strive to be more and more like Jesus each and every day. And that should be our prayer. Now, asking God to make you more like Jesus does not mean that you'll never face hardship. What it does mean is that even, the, even on the bad days, you're trusting that God is going to get you through it. Okay. I didn't even get to... Titus 3.15 is closing remarks. And then there's only one mention of grace in Philemon. And that's verse 25. Um, I will say about Philemon, it's an interesting letter because Paul is basically telling this guy that um, I'm going to send it back to you. But he's more than a slave. He's now your brother in Christ. You need to treat him as such. So, if that isn't grace, I don't know what it is. So, anyway, um, we will start in Hebrews. I think it'll take us a couple more weeks to get through this series. I'm praying about this because I appreciate everybody who does listen to the podcast. Um, I am a little frustrated that there's not as much traction here as there is with the videos. 
um, maybe I'm not really 100% certain why. Maybe it's just because they're longer. So, but we'll figure something out. I'm going to keep praying about it. And um, if I believe it's it's doing somebody some good, then I'm going to keep doing it. If not, I may end the podcast after I'm done with the series on grace. Um, may just do a third video for the week. Do like a video Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, whatever, ha- whatever I do, I want to do it for the benefit of helping people grow in their faith. And uh, that's what this is all about. So... Love you guys, especially my subscribers. I hope you have a great week. Uh, There will be a new video out Friday, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll see you there. Bye.